It's time for the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinosa on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. It's a lot. I hit the 7 iron like John Davies. It's the 3. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! Jerome Espinosa is a Class A PGA professional and director of instruction at 8 Greatest Performance Center. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! We will talk all things New Mexico golf, hear from voices all around the world of golf, and even give some swing tips to improve your game. All you got to do is just tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a Now, Get ready for playing golf here's PGA Pro Jerome Espinoza. Good morning. Welcome to the 8 Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017. We'll be here till 11 a.m. today. David, welcome back. David's on one today. I don't know what. Hello, Jerome. His deal is, we but he's fired 11, up. We're so. till 11 every Saturday. Every Saturday till 11 a.m. Golf is starting to slow down as it got came to a screeching halt with this terrible weather. I'm sorry, I don't like this weather. It's not that bad outside though. It was supposed to blow, but it's not blowing, so it's not actually horrendous. Well, I hate it's this not, time of year. It's not very cold. Horrible. About a couple weeks, it gets dark at like four. Oh, it's not four's a bit of an exaggeration. In, <laughs> okay, England, fine. in England, it's pitch black at three thirty. Are you serious? Yeah, it's horrible, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do for that time? Sleep. It's funny, it doesn't get light till like nine. Oh, and my gets dark gosh. at like three thirty. So if you have a sort of eight to five job, you don't you're you don't see daylight. You're in the dark to in the dark. Yep. That's the worst. Running tournaments, it's like that. When I was doing tournaments, you'd get there in the dark. You leave in the dark, you're like, oh, what the heck, dude? Like, this is ridiculous. At least you're outside. Well, kind of. So you do see some light. A little bit when you're dealing with guys like you yelling at you for their terrible scores. Hmm. That's no fun. Women's PGA Cup is in town. Started. It's uh, underway. I don't. I was actually thinking, I don't know if it would. I was going to ask Derek if we could interview Jim Richardson, but I don't think that would happen. You probably have to go through a whole bunch of uh yeah. You have to go through a whole bunch of things to interview that guy for sure. That would have been good though. No, it would have been good, but yeah, I'm like that's ah, probably going to get denied and then there's like questions that you have to ask. You can't ask him about live obviously. And no, you can. He just he won't answer. He's just not going to answer. Nobody answers about that. It's terrible. It's just ridiculous like it's a radio show. Who cares? Well, obviously, <laughs> they care. Um, so, yeah, the PGA Women's Cup is taking place. I saw um, opening ceremonies and that sort of stuff. And uh, I know they were recruiting cart covers for those ladies and heaters. Did you give them your cart cover and your heater? He already had it from um, the senior one. So I said, just make sure you give it to the Great Britain and Ireland team. Oh, look at you. <laughs> what know. a... I don't know who he gave it to, but <laughs> he has it, so someone can use it. Someone's probably using it today. The weather didn't look all that horrible, but it's obviously not that great. Um, I, I mean, the BMW last week, the ladies' champion Lydia Ko wins another Butch Harmon. She's ridiculous. She's if you look at her career, I mean, and she's been pretty average the last like three or four years but she won like 12 times or something by the time she was 20 <laughs> she, she's obviously really is she american no she's from new, uh, new zealand what yeah lydia 
I'm pretty sure she plays under the New Zealand. Yeah, it's either New Zealand or Australia. I'm pretty sure it's New Zealand. Wow. It is. It's New Zealand. Yeah. I was way off on that. Yeah. Way off. So Lydia Ko, again, she's a, a Butch Hartman. I don't know. I'm, I'm all about Butch Hartman, dude. I mean, why wouldn't you? How, how can you not be? It's not like you're special because you know how great Butch Hartman is. Well, I mean, he's again, just, he just, every time he proves it, look at the people he teaches. They never get worse until they leave. Right? Yeah. That, exactly. Yeah. Like, they leave and he, they fall off the planet or whatever, obviously, with the exception. I mean, I don't know. Tiger, I think Tiger could have done virtually anything. Yeah, we spoke but about that, though. He, he seemed like the sort of person that just constantly had to be challenged, just changing, doing something. You just had to because that's just his mentality, isn't it? I don't, I don't mean, I don't think he could have stayed with Butch and done the same thing his entire career. And How do you know? Maybe you, you could have. You don't know. You don't know. But that would have been ridiculous. Like, I'm pretty sure Tiger knows himself well enough to know that he wouldn't have done that. You know. Well, and I mean, it, it's had to be a constant challenge. You know, like what? What do you tell him? Hey, go win by ten this week. Go win by twenty this yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, like, anything gets gets mundane, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, for him, like. I mean, not that the winning gets that way, but the whole process, if you're doing nothing ever changes, it's like, okay, I got to make a change. How good of a problem is that? Like, um, nothing changes and I'm just so good. So I win everything like it. And again, I, they continue to put out these stats because, you know, um, your boy Rory went back to number one. And so they put like the current stat and then they put like unreachable stats and it's like tiger woods and it's just like i don't <laughs> rory's back to number one and they're like yeah the unreachable stat tiger woods yeah, was number one for like 670 weeks or something ridiculous it's disgusting <laughs> disgusting yeah. i saw there was the the unreachable stat that i saw too is the highest winning percentage with a 54 hole lead or co-lead since 2011 Rory McIlroy is at 56%, which is pretty freaking good. Yeah. You got a 54-hole lead, and he wins 56% of the time. Tiger Woods, get his, guess his percentage. What was, the, what was the thing? Highest winning percentage with a 54-hole lead or co-lead. Oh. For a t- for, I bet for a 10-year stretch, he was like 98% or something. 100 <laughs> A hundred? Never lost? Wow. hundred percent. Anytime he had a 54-hole lead or co-lead, Tiger won. Holy crap. Yeah. Justin Thomas is at 57.1%, but I'm just like, there it is. The impossible freaking stat. That's outrageous, man. <laughs> That's outrageous. Because it, it's not like it's not like he's being chased by chumps. No, I mean, and he didn't play in just like every, you know, Tom, Dick, or Harry event. He played in like all the big events. Yeah, that's the other thing that people, he never played the John Deere Classic and and stuff like that. He was playing World Golf Championships, majors, and then the biggest events. That's all he played. All he played. Yeah. Probably, and I don't know what the field size is, if that changes, but I mean, he was always playing against the world's best. Like, it did not matter. Yeah, a field size doesn't really matter in a World Golf Championship event either. You're playing up against the best 
75 to 100 golfers in the world like doesn't that's ridiculous (laughs) 100% (laughs) yeah I mean I see those and it just well from what year to year because he lost to Wai Yang since 2011 oh since 2011 okay because he did lose to Wai Yang that was that that one that he hit that like ridiculous uh, hybrid shot Yeah. Like to like two the, feet. It's the only time crazy. Tiger's ever not converted a fifty-four hole lead in a major. Yeah. Jeez, that's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Just so not really right, is it? The live team championship is this week. Oh god. What do you mean? <clears throat> Are they all gonna wear their cute little matching shirts? <clears throat> I don't think they have matching shirts. Probably made by Garb. <laughs> it's kind of funny they're they're kind of razzing each other i don't know if you saw any of it i was looking for it but those guys are razzing each other as far as like you know the way the match play is working they got to pick what team they're playing like i don't have all the exact details but they have they're picking the teams they're playing and then two people are someone said something to like about polter like the reason he's in singles is because nobody likes him, so they don't want to play with him. Like they're going back and forth. So he's not. So some people are not on a team. So out of their four-person team, yeah, there's there's three matches. So there's a a better ball team, and then there's two singles. Uh. So they've some of the guys are teamed up as a a better ball team, and then some of the guys are singles. <clears throat> you know, obviously. I think like Dustin Johnson will be a single and I saw some of the teams um that put a couple of those guys together so hmm. you know it's it's this week in Miami so it'll be interesting to see how that they're playing for a lot of money uh, well they've been all year but yeah and I don't know <clears throat> I saw another thing with see if I have it saved Dustin Johnson and the amount of money that he's made compared to his like career it was unbelievable how much money he's made oh there it is so they compared him to xander so dj has earned more in his six starts at live than xander has in his entire pga tour career see how how can you sit there and <coughs> tell me that's good for professional golf what do you mean it's not why it's not that much money and it's and the and that is a drop in the hat to the guaranteed money. That's the point. <laughs> it's just, you look at any NFL running back. Look, on their rookie contract, they are unbelievable. They get their massive contract. And then they suck. And then they suck. Because they're done. They've achieved, they've achieved more than they ever could possibly have imagined making. The occasional person who is special will continue... To do what he does. Look at Ezekiel Elliott. He is, oh, he's garbage. He's average for the Cowboys now. He's unbelievable for the first two or three seasons. Then he gets his big bonus. Then he gets his massive contract. And it don't really matter now, does it? Well, there's... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I see that. Xander has 139 starts. He's made 30644000 Dustin Johnson, six starts. Thirty million seven hundred fifty-eight thousand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we could go back and forth all day on this. It's just absurd, isn't it? 
It's, it's, but if, if we're going to let these people come over here and buy every single sport, it, ru- it will ruin sports. It, in the long run, it will ruin sports. Well, I, don't, I'm, I'm, I saw some stuff in the last couple weeks that's really weird. So, like, I guess they're going to sell the league? Like, because they were asking, like, well, how are these guys plan to make some of this money back? And I don't know if they thought, like, that they're going to franchise the teams, but I read something that they're going to sell the teams for, like, if it, like the oh, niblicks, right? What, like a Calcutta? <clears throat> that someone was going to buy them. Like, I don't know if it was like they were thinking, because well, they're, they're kind of thinking Premier League. They're not then, thinking like NFL. And then plaster logos all over the team or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, it is, I, I didn't understand. I thought the whole gambling thing was what they were going to do. Maybe that might be part of it too. I thought they were going to have like live betting on every shot and stuff like that, and then they owned the book of the people that were betting, huh. which means they would have made it back in five minutes. You know, maybe, maybe that's. But it. I haven't heard anything of that since the initial. Because yeah, I was reading something that said that they're going to how they're going to make their money back is they're going to sell the teams and sell the team names, and someone's going to own the team. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like. I'm, I mean, I you know the Cowboys. Yeah, that's weird. The Cowboys make a lot of money as a franchise because they're the Cowboys franchise. But who's going to buy the Niblicks with four people on it? Like, yeah, it's not like I mean, you have a hundred thousand seat stadium that people can yeah exactly sell out every week. So I've not heard anything about that, but I mean, and there's so much stuff that comes out that you don't, don't know. Need, like, is they it, don't need to make. The, their money back. They just made it back, and they've probably already made all their investment back just from oil. I mean, they have. Like, what does it matter? <laughs> they just throw it in the air anyway. That's why it's not good for sports, because if they do it with golf, they'll do it with tennis. Then they're already doing it. They're already doing it in soccer. Like, they, they own uh, Newcastle United now. Oh, really? Yeah, the Saudi Investment Fund. The Saudi Public United. Investment Fund owns Newcastle United. So, so I mean, they can if you like can just come in and buy whatever you want and do whatever you want, it's just, I don't know. I, I I don't. I'm not against like them having the money, or and I'm not one of those people that says we shouldn't be taking money from the Saudis. But if they're just going to buy up everything and do it however they want, how is it that that's not? Yes, I, I agree with you there. Now it's not sport anymore. It's no, like it's just we're just gonna buy whatever, just because we can. Whoever, yeah. Does it? Well, I guess that's why baseball has like. Don't they have like salary? No, I think baseball is the only one that doesn't. The others do. That's why the baseball contracts are ridiculous. Oh god! Yeah, you. the others do. Baseball doesn't, and they don't pay some sort of tax. I thought they paid some sort of. Oh, like, they might pay a luxury lu- tax. Yes, yeah, I was gonna say a luxury when tax. You, when you've got. Billions and billions. <laughs> what of does that matter? Pay the fine. Who cares? What? Pay the taxes. You're like, okay, we'll pay the luxury tax. Yeah, doesn't matter. Who? Who cares? Um, I was uh, in Dallas this last week for a little tailor-made event and little live to event? visit. No, not live. That would have been nice. I would have played my nine holes and got rained out and come home with forty grand. I'd have been fine with that. <laughs> no, nothing. Rained out. But, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, but I went to PGA Frisco to go check it out. Dude, that place is... Yeah. 
Did you go on the golf course at all? Yeah. Oh, we didn't go on the golf course. We just toured the clubhouse. But no, when it, it's it's freaking like I met. The, I don't like his golf courses though. Is it Gil uh, Hands? Oh, Gil Hands. I just don't. They're like like the American type links course, you know? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, trees wide open. I, I don't know, but I haven't seen the the Frisco one. It, it may be pretty good. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you this: it's the the facility, just in general, the whole like. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, I mean, I met with the director of instruction. He's actually, I guess he works for the North Texas PGA. He's like their player development guy. So I met him out there. To what's his kinda, name? Um, oh, my gosh. What's his name? I don't even know off the mm. top of my head. I did meet him, though. But we're going, you know, so they have the North Texas PGA is located on that premise. Yeah, There's the Omni that, at least from what I was told, now owns the golf courses. So they convinced that Omni to buy the golf courses. And so they own the golf courses. They run the golf courses. PGA of America is on, you know, whatever, the west end of that with all their stuff and all the PGA and the levels that you and I went to that people are going to go to there. And then the North Texas is on the south end of, like, that range. They have their – and this guy has – they have – an 18 hole putting course. It's basically a playground for kids. Yeah. 18 holes putting course. And then they have these, this awesome like chipping facility where you can hit 90 yard shots. Just dude, it was amazing. And then they have a 10 hole, uh, lit short course or something like that. Yeah. I saw it's that. freaking it. The place is incredible. I mean, so it should be. He said, he, I asked him, I said, so what are you going to do? He said, we're like an after-school program. Like parents, instead of kids going to the YMCA yeah. where they just like hang out, they come here. He said we're going to have people that if they have homework to do, we help them with homework. If they don't, they're going to be able to be kids and play on the golf course. He said they, you know, we'll have stations. And he said it's not just golf. We'll and have- every every Frisco school golf team yes. gets, gets to practice there. 12 high schools. Yeah, yeah. The range is pure. Like, I, I when he told me that, I'm like, I don't know how you're going to fit 12 high schools here. But, I mean, we have 12 high schools in Albuquerque, and they don't, three of them don't fit at Los Altos. So <laughs> how are you going to fit 12? Well, you just schedule it around, don't you? It's, it's absolutely unbelievable. The place you know, is cool. Oh, it's, and you and I have talked about this before. The vision of the city the Omni, the North Texas PGA, like the PGA of America, dude, it was unreal. Like they seeing it, I'm like, this place is unbelievable. What they're going to do with it? And the guy that who really had this vision got fired. What? Yeah. Who? It was. Um, I thought he was still their ED. No, he was the executive director of North Texas Texas section, and then he, when I was there, he was the ED, and then he went to be the C. of the PGA of America and then he just got fired a few years ago but he was like the one that that led this put it all together it was his vision and he he was a massive massive part of it yeah because he had the relationships of both right from North Texas and from PGA and from through the PGA of America I I cannot believe I can't think of his name right now we'll Um, have to look it up he he got in some altercation with his girlfriend or wife oh, or something and gotcha. they fired him um 
I think I know who you're talking about. Oh my god, I, I know, know exactly. I know him really well. We'll come up with it. Yeah, I'm gonna Google that now. All right, we got to take a quick break. I'm Jerome Espinosa, Director of Instruction. If you're interested in the game of golf, please email me at gespinosa at eightgrinnies.com. This is the Eight Grinnies Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Let's get back to the Eight Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinosa on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Welcome back to the Eight Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. I'm Director of Instruction at 8 Grady's Golf. You'll hear myself and David Muddit talking New Mexico golf Saturdays 10 to 11. We have a guest from the Sun Country Amateur Association, Mr. Everett Pretty. Everett, thanks for joining us, dude. What's up, buddy? How are you? And for, for the listeners, that's pretty, not pretty. Yeah, pretty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Everett, um, your season has concluded so how how was this season for you guys at Sun Country and the Amateur Association? Well, if you looked at our last uh, last Instagram post, social media post, the AMs had a great year. You know, I'm not saying that as an amateur myself, but you know, a lot of our Player of the Years just in the just spitballing a couple of events. You know, Aiden won or qualified a good chunk of his events he played this year. Riley Salome, uh, Riley Salome played extremely well this year for a 16-year-old. And then our, our two senior player of the year categories just played consistent golf. They won a, won a couple, tied, tied for second in a couple, and then, you know, take a little pride in the, in the challenge cup of the AMs putting, putting just an absolute beat down on the professionals. Down just to in, be clear, every you guys, Cruces. just to be clear, you guys, did we actually have date? any, did we play? No, we didn't. Play. We didn't really play, did we? They changed the date. They got it set up so they could have all these. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, and job. it was the day before the the tournament in Hobbs. Ah, see, where they pay you seven fifty just to show up. Truth is coming out, Everett. Yeah. Right. Don't try yeah. to blast us. You know. Well, we'll we'll get it better <laughs> next year to where you guys can play and, and take the beating personally. So, I'll uh, I'll put a large sum to say the Ams go back to back next year. Well, we had a. I'll take that bit. We had a phone call. All right. Uh, we had a phone call with our tournament committee, I forget, a couple of months ago, and it was about the Challenge Cup, and I think it went on for about two hours <laughs> because it just <laughs> it's, it just has to improve. It, you know, it, it has to be enticing for both groups of people. Otherwise, yeah, what's the point? It, it has to. Yeah. Well, and you guys, I think, you know, now I'll give uh, – he can't hear this, but Easton, some credit when he was running the Amateur Association, he really made a pitch to get those college golfers because for years, mm-hmm. the college kids, one, weren't playing in the Sun Country stuff. Yeah. And so then they wouldn't qualify. And that's some of your better amateur players, is those college kids. Um, so they've continued to play. I mean, you have Aiden Thomas. Was Sam Choi on the team this year? Yes, Aiden play. did. If you take a look at that picture, it might as well be the New Mexico State roster. Oh. If you look there, it, and then I'm just standing right beside him, thinking, "Yeah, we're pretty good this year." So, yeah, I mean that that always helps. And again, Aiden's had well, New Mexico State has actually had a really good uh, fall and stuff like that. So, you know, the the other one that I saw on your post, you know, that I've known since I was there was that Crispin Fuentes or Crispin. Where, where's he from? Is he from El Paso mm-hmm. or Las Cruces? He, he's from Las Cruces. He plays a lot out of Picacho Hills. You know, he 
senior player of the year back to back years. So he's, he's good. He's feisty. Yes. Yeah, he's playing some fantastic golf right now. And it's Crispin. it's always cool, right? And you guys do this playing in tournaments, running tournaments. You start putting some names on paper, um, on some pairings, and you think, dang, that's a good group. There, there's no way this group can't go six under combined, or let alone one person go six under. So we're every tournament director is guilty of that, of building some featured pairings to get get some good players and get some good competition in pairings. Yeah, I mean, why? But I guess how you guys have. Were all your events sold out? I know you had a little trouble down in Hobbs, and so you had to move it. But mm-hmm. I mean, the your events have been really, really good. That you know, the last couple of years, the, we're we're kind of riding what what I've called uh, the COVID high, right? You know, in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, it was a tiger effect. So now we're kind of riding the the COVID high of nobody being able to get out of their house, but. When they were able to get out of their house, it was go to a golf course. And so we're seeing that in every every association, every PGA section, junior tour, you name it, golf, golf-wise, golf hey, golf is booming right now, and our events were not immune to that. We Our first tournament of the year was our biggest one of the season with 190 players at the stroke play. That was never... Never talked about in previous years, but the flip side of that is, hey, we had 30 people on the wait list. So we're, we're definitely seeing this boom or, well, again, COVID high, whatever you want to call it. It just golf is exploding. So I'm, I'm very thankful that our, our tournament sold out or had a pretty good bad waiting list. Yeah. No, I mean, it, you know, and it also, I always, I tell people this all the time, but it also, dep- and I know, People down south or up north don't like to admit this, but you got to stay along the I-25 corridor. The second you go to like Hobbs or Lovington, which, you know, obviously have great golf courses, it's really, really <laughs> hard to fill those events because people from Farmington got to drive nine hours. Well, this is what we were right, that You know, we, we took a gamble of kind of attaching the team championship with the New Mexico Open, you know, I, I got excited about that. Is you know, thinking just number one as a player, the course conditions were phenomenal for the New Mexico Open. So just trying to piggyback off the you know a good event like New Mexico Open, you live and you learn, right? You know, we had a great turnout once we moved it to Red Hawk. Is hey, that that proves everything we need to know of. Yeah, Hobbs, Lovington, uh, Farmington, Angel Fire, these great facilities, right? You know, we can try to draw crowds there but with travel expenses getting more you know course fees getting just a little bit more it's hard to accommodate um, these more remote areas that have great facilities well that's what we've been talking about the new mexico open if it's in hobbs your first place i mean it it better be twenty five thirty thousand dollars otherwise you're just not going to get anybody it's it's right. middle of nowhere it's impossible to get to you know to fly in there, you've got to take a couple of flights. They're not going to have enough rent. It's just logistically, it's a nightmare. Um, and, and but the course is great. Exactly right on that. The course part. is great. Yeah. I the mean, the course was phenomenal. Yeah, it was one of the best city courses or municipal <laughs> golf courses I've stepped foot on. But and they get excited when we come and do things. You know, the superintendent and I were talking as that last group was walking up eighteen. He said, "You know, this is a good week." He said, "But we can obviously make it better." When you hear facilities say that, you kind of get you know get a little goosebumps on you, saying, "Gosh, it was great this year. What's it going to be like next year? 
or the year after that during our, our three-year agreement with them. Yeah, I mean, those those sort of state opens, the golf course is such a small factor into any of those, those guys going mm-hmm. to it. It really is. Like, they wouldn't care. If you said you're going to play Los Altos, no disrespect to Los Altos, I'm just saying, if you said mm-hmm. it's going to be at Los Altos but first place is 50 grand, you would have a full field in five minutes. No matter when it is, right. <laughs> no matter what, you know, no questions asked. Yeah, you just... Well, Ladera is a great example of that, David. You know, yeah. last year, we kind of put together a state open last minute, yeah. got a little got a little partnership money, and we had, I think it was right at 90 players, and most of them were local, but yeah. you know, we still had a good turnout at a municipal golf course. Well, it's, so it's, that kind of sparked the idea of, of Hobbs. Without, without, without local players, you stay open is just not very good. You need, right. you need a lot of local players. And I will say, Hobbs had quite a lot of local players. Now, a lot of them were amateurs, which isn't very, good, isn't very good for the New Mexico Open purse or the field. But, um, well, I shouldn't say for the field, but for the purse, it, it certainly doesn't help when you've got twenty-seven amateurs and you've only got a hundred golfers. Like. They, we were surprised the AMs came out of the woodwork. Well, that's what they like down there, man. Roswell, Artesia, mm-hmm. Lovington, Carlsbad. You've got these guys that uh, scratch golfers on their little golf courses, you know, like Roswell Country Club or Artesia, who who love to compete and play golf. And, and you know, that do they think they're going to win the New Mexico Open? You know, a couple of them probably think they can, um, but they love mm-hmm. it. And... and you know, they base their entire life around those things. So I, I, I could have told you you were going to get a ton of arms. You go anywhere down there. There's an amateur, mm-hmm. like good amateur. Got there's so many good amateur players. You don't. You probably don't even get them in most of your tournaments. But they just play at the club every weekend. And you know, when they see the New Mexico opens an hour down the road, they're like, oh yeah, I'll do that. You know. Yeah. And then you that add the fact the that there's two schools the... there. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. One of. One of those schools produced the New Mexico Open champion. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. the crazy thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Once again, it's nothing against Hobbs. It's just logistically, it's a nightmare. Yeah, it's I it mean, is. It's, it's a logistic nightmare for everybody. I mean, it's you know, a we, terrible drive from Albuquerque. We didn't enjoy. Yeah, we didn't enjoy getting back at one yeah. one thirty in the morning after working fifty hour fifty hour week. But hey, you know, we had a good event. And it's, yeah. It's the the sacrifices you make to run a good event, conduct a good event. So it, it's it's always a good feeling when you you get home and you think, gosh, that week was is pretty good. But obviously, you strive to do better. Everett, for your schedule, um, are you? I'm assuming you will start to work on the 23 schedule here pretty soon. And do you say do you say similar? And do you try to get? How does that? How do you? Work you know, we, we want to try to accommodate everybody, right? That's kind of the cookie-cutter answer. I have, right now, I have five of our eight Skaga championships scheduled, locked in, excited about, right? The other three um, we're looking at, we're in conversations with a lot of courses, and, you know, you get excited when you're scheduling of saying, how how do you want this event to play, or what kind of, what kind of feel do we think we'll get in terms of you start looking at, you know, A to Z, during the scheduling season. That's what I'll be doing from now until probably mid January is getting everything, getting locked in, getting, getting everything built so we can run a successful season again. Well, and you have, um, you don't just run obviously the sun country stuff. You have all those USGA qualifiers 
that need to meet certain deadlines and hit in certain mm-hmm. um, dates. So I'm sure you're working on the USGA ones too, because at least from my experience, those things USGA doesn't like to pay for anything, so they ask for free stuff. Right. When we we have good relationships with a handful of clubs that you know they're kind of in our, our qualifier rotation. You know, we we want every course to host an event in the state. You know, that's something I set a goal in mind is, you know, let's let's go to these remote areas once a year, twice a year, just to get our brand, our image, whatever, in those remote areas to, hey, maybe if we take, you know, we take a slight hit up in Pinion one year, is that going to offset when they come down to Albuquerque the next year? Those are the games and kind of the things you play here in the off season is okay if we go to Pinion Hills up in Farmington, they're coming out of a great renovation process. Are we going to build a good brand, a good tournament for them that in the long run benefits us? You know, if they if we bring it up to them one year, are they going to come down for the four ball next year and say, hey, you know, I want to grab a partner, grab um, grab a buddy, let's go have a good time at the four ball in, in twenty four since we played in the think we're the match play or whatever we take up to opinion um you, you start to build a good customer base up in these remote areas so it, it's definitely a process you start thinking of what what are we going to gain or what's the course going to gain from hosting a qualifier or a Skagit championship and and you're exactly right qualifiers are not an easy ask of facility you know we again we have a handful of facilities that enjoy them that want to see the best players from pretty much everywhere come in and try to qualify for a U.S. Open or USAM or think, you know, Campanis is a great example of that. Uh, our senior open qualifier is held at Campanis pretty much every year because it's number one, the best facility in the state of New Mexico. And two, we get 80, 90 players, which benefits everybody. The more players you have, the more qualifying spots you have. Which one is this? Senior Open. The oh, senior well, yeah. Open. We know, we know why that's yeah. We know why that's there. Yeah, you yeah. can't really say that on air, but, you know, we, we try to make everything work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fine, though. I mean, I you know, yeah, does it benefit that said person? Of course it does, but that doesn't matter. Everyone's still getting a fantastic golf course for a great qualifier. Like, who cares? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... We, we get excited when we go up to Las Campanas because, yeah. <laughs> number one, we think, hey, let's mark this you know, quick and get our job done so we can go play type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Is, speaking well, of Pino and Hills, are they, are they done? They've been closed for like as a year. As far as I know, they might have a, a section of cart path to do. That was the last I'd heard. But the guys, the picture I have seen of Pinion Hills, it, it, you know, it still has that same pinion-esque feel to it of you know you're hitting a 40 yard downhill shot off number one but when you have cart paths you can see for a good while and, and good irrigation system that's only going to benefit the golfer and, and those guys because that um, course opinion i was up there uh geez a year and a half ago to run a tournament and it was not in good shape but they were going to close down and do a renovation and redo mm. the the whole uh irrigation system but I haven't heard if it's opened up or not. They they've kind of had some weather issues, you know, construction construction delays. I think happened ten out of ten times. You can put a date of I think our initial date was July Fourth weekend. They'd open back up, 
of this year, and now they're sitting, I think they were trying to get done by end of October before, of course, they get snow up there and can't really do a whole lot. So we haven't heard a final confirmation if they're open, but we know they're in those closing stages. Yeah, because that's a great place. I mean, that place is... They're closing down? They've closed. It's been closed for over a year because they redid yeah. the entire irrigation system. Oh, right, right. But okay. Irrigation system, cart path, um, they got a new cart fleet. I mean, they're doing they're doing it the right way, mm. in my opinion. It's the same their customer it's base. The city. It's a city-owned uh, facility. Saying, hey, mm. we're going to close for a year, but after you wait that year, it's going to be one of the best facilities in the area. I mean, it's the golf course has always been one of the best right. courses and then values for the money you get. You know, the fact that you close to drag, you, you play a lot of good golf up there in that north, that northwestern section over there. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got Durango close, you have San Juan Country Club, you have Obviously, you know, I heard Riverview is actually pretty cool little course. I've never yeah, that's played that Riverview. One that, that's that one that they've had the commercials on recently. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know it existed. So they that's where Tom Yost is kind of at, is out at Riverview. And so there's mm-hmm. there's some good golf out there. Oh, is he? Yeah. There's, there's some really good golf out there. And I just heard people complaining like, oh, my gosh, they're still closed. So I didn't know what was going on out at, uh, at Pinon Hill. So um, everyone's yeah. kind of wrapping up. You know, I guess people can go to the website here at the beginning of the year to kind of see your events and, you know, renew their gins because the gin handicaps will expire here at the end of the year. So, you know, what's what's some contact information or where do they go to kind of read up on that stuff? Yeah, the best best form of contact is just going to suncountrygolf.com. That's going to show you every every ounce of golf in New Mexico you want to see through our junior golf, PGA section, our foundation, um, renewing your gin number. We, you, we have a million different options now to get a handicap with that being through the USGA, us, your local club. It, there's no better time to get a handicap than right now because it's, it's super accessible. Our tournament schedule is going to get finalized in the coming months. Um, it, it, there's a lot of good things happening in, in the state of New Mexico for golf. The PGA Women's Cup is going on right now. Um, there's a ton of good good resources here, and if Sun Country can help out in any way, by all means, let's do it. Well, thanks, Everett. We appreciate uh, your time and taking some time to talk to us, and we'll uh, kind of we'll see you out on the golf course here soon. So uh, we got to take a quick break. I'm Joe Mastrosa, Director of Instruction, Eight Grady's Golf, alongside David Muddit. This is the 8 Grady's Golf Show on ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. Let's get back to the 8 Grady's Golf Show with Jerome Espinosa on ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. Hi, I'm Jerome Espinosa. Welcome back to the 8 Grady's Golf Show on ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. I am the Director of Instruction at 8 Grady's Golf. You'll hear myself and David Muddit talking New Mexico golf, Saturdays 10 to 11. David, uh, I know you're, uh, you know, lived in Dallas. You're kind of a, a Dallas person, but spent the last week, four or five days out there. I got to go on Preston Trail. Great. That place. It's unreal, yeah. Oh, my goodness. You can't even describe how ridiculously good it is. Oh, I mean, it's... Did you get to eat lunch? I did eat lunch. Oh, the first time I went there, I went for breakfast, actually, um, 
and I sat down with a member and my dad and we you know we were just gonna have breakfast then we were gonna go play then we're gonna have lunch and we're gonna go play again <clears throat> sit down and he's like what do you what, what can I get you I'm like uh, just a menu if you you know and he goes <laughs> no menu he said no just tell us what you want and we'll make it oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh okay are you serious yeah. so I'm like okay you don't have to give me a couple of minutes because I have no idea without looking at something yeah it's it. the place is shocking man it's I, for people that like stay and play golf in Albuquerque and don't really go anywhere, you cannot describe. I mean, even Las Campanas, right? Las Campanas is an awesome place. Yeah, but you you can't even compare the two. It's not even close. It's, well, it's ridiculous. So it was my first and Campanas <laughs> is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was my first time on Zoysia. Yeah. So Cameron takes me out there. He goes, "Go ahead, just you know, do what you need to do out here." And the chipping, I'm like, what? This is... I know. Like, I couldn't stop hitting chips for like an hour and a half because it's just... It's fun. Like It it used to be Bermuda. It used to be all Bermuda uh, with bent grass greens. And then, I don't know, maybe 12 years ago? 10 to... No, God, I've been here for 12 years. I bet it's like 14 or 15 years ago now. They redid the golf course with Zoysia, redid the bunkers... Uh, tea boxes redid the whole thing. Didn't really didn't change the layout very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, like they added a lake on the one hole and took a bunch of trees out. And it was eighteen million dollars just on the golf course. Oh my gosh! And they just assessed the members. I think it's I think it's sixty grand a member. Is, I think is what they assessed them to do it. There's well, two hundred uh, members. I think that's what that equals. I told Cameron, I said, you know, it was a compliment to him. I said. When I pulled up and they, you know, I pulled out, I got my car in the trunk and they pick me up and take me to the front. I go in the golf shop and normally those places, like, it's very, like, you're like walking on eggshells. And and dude, every single one of those guys was like a normal person. I'm like, holy, I said, the vibe of your golf shop, I said, Cameron is unreal. Like, this is this club that's like, and then you go to Super. Brook Hollow and it's like stuffy and yeah, you don't feel like you want to be in there at all. Yeah, it yeah. was, I mean, guys on the range, or one of them was wearing like basketball shorts. One of them was just in a t-shirt. They have two rules. Like, <laughs> you can't drive the carts on the greens and you have to have at least <clears throat> underwear on to play golf. <laughs> That's the two rules. Well, well, you can I mean, play, I, so I've gone out there before and I've seen a group of like 15 people out there playing together. Well, I was going to say, there was a fivesome. Yeah. All five of them had carts, and they're just flying down the yep. fairways. And I mean, it's awesome. I, yeah, I, I think I told. I mean, I threw a ball in the bunker, and it sounds like just hollow and firm, and the ball rolls for four feet. They've then got, I go hit the shot, and I'm like, "How did that ball come out?" I mean, just like a pillow. Yeah, just came out so. That's that. That's that. Um, those bunkers at that assistant golf pro designed remember the ones that don't plug they've got the little little bits of black rubber in oh. there stops there the ball doesn't plug it was unreal yeah. i could i mean it's not even a hazard really is it it's just no yeah. it's like yeah i mean i don't i don't think i hit this exceptional bunker shot but i could hit any shot out of them that made me feel like did you dude. did you play 18 holes i didn't oh <clears throat> it's a pretty tough golf course from the back well, tees too i was gonna say there's tons of undulation there's like you know 
the place was unbelievable. Yeah, it's really awesome. Unbelievable. And, um, you know, then a Brook Hollow for the that event, we played nine holes before we got rained out. But again, I thought of you, totally different vibe. Yeah. Like, why are you here? Yeah. What do you want? Like, just but, don't yeah, you mess walk up a piece trail, of grass. And they know if someone is in there, they've gone through the right channels to be in there, and they get treated that way. Brook Hollow, it's like, well, who are you? Yeah, it was way different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, the, the golf shop was way different. Yeah. The vibe was way different. I was, like, terrified to step on the wrong piece of carpet in there. Just way different. It's and obviously, the golf course, it, I guess they redesigned it. Um, it's very, like, look had, like, a Pinehurst look. Wide open, tons mm. of, like, those waste kind of areas. I mean, the greens were pure as ever. They were the greens were probably every bit as good as Pe- Preston Trails. Yeah, like. the, the, there's a there's a group of clubs in Dallas that are just ridiculous. It, it's Preston Trail kind of stands alone. It's 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 awesome. Now the other places are just as awesome, but Preston Trail's the one that you just can't get into, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think you have to pay fifty grand to get on the waiting list, and if you drop <laughs> off, which could be like ten or twelve years, and if you drop off, you lose that money. It's gone. Um, you've got Dallas National, which is incredible, absolutely incredible. Vaquero, Brook Hollow. Um, there's one other I'm, I'm skipping on, and and so there's like five that are about two hundred grand a piece to join, right? And then you've got you've probably got ten to twelve that are like a hundred to one hundred and fifty to join. It's ridiculous how much good golf there is in Dallas. People yeah. don't really think about it, but there's unbelievable golf in Dallas. I mean, I played three different golf courses and they were all great. Yeah. Like, and you know, obviously they're different as far as, um, you know, kind of the, the vibe and the expectation that you would, but yeah. it was, and you know, Tony Rober was there. It was kind of funny. I, I just told you this, but his hands are massive. The dude is, he's not he's, a small person. He's like six, four, six, he's five bigger than I'm like, yeah, dude, you're yeah. huge. Well, I think how many times do you get smashed by all those massive guys? You got to be pretty big to play in the NFL. No well, matter what position. Well, someone asked him, like they asked him a question, like, Hey, who was the most? And he's like, cause I'm thinking like, this dude's a big dude. Like, yeah. and the guy's tackling him, grab him and throw him. Like he's a rag doll. I know. Like, he didn't have a very good uh, offensive line in his time at the Cowboys. <laughs> well, he, he said he said towards the end he had the best offensive <coughs> line, but he said early on it was terrible. Yeah, um, he told a hilarious Tiger story that I thought was great. Is he said he's paired at the Pebble Beach Pro Am with Tiger. He said he can't believe it. He's never played with Tiger in competition. He's so excited. He said the night before he goes to a dinner with Jim Nance. And Jim Nance sits him next to Phil Mickelson. And he was like, uh, what do I do? Like, I'm a Tiger guy. I'm next to Phil Mickelson. You just tell him he's a chop. <laughs> he said he didn't know what to do. So he goes to play. He said they're warming up at the range. And he said Tiger's on the far end of the range. And he said Phil goes, walks all the way down and tees it up and left-handed starts hitting right next to Tiger. He said they're paired and they're like both in contention. And he... He said, he's like, oh, gosh, this is bad. And he's like, I was with Phil last night. Like, Tiger's going to be pissed. And he said, so he has an eagle putt. And he said, he's behind Phil. And he said, 
you know, I'm we're in contention for this tournament. So I'm like, I'm gonna make this tiger. Yeah. And he said, Tiger gives him this look, and he like looks back at him like, What? And he said, he asks Phil, Hey Phil, can you move your ball mark? And Phil's like, Yep, I sure can. He moves he said he hits the putt and it goes the exact opposite way. Phil steps up, knocks it in, and Tiger just looks at him as like, What are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, What we're like he goes, Tony, no one gives it. <laughs> about your butt oh dude he said it was like it was so awesome i was laughing like here he thinks he's like in contention or whatever gonna win this tournament and tiger's like no one gives a no one cares tony get out like hit it to the left seven feet so this guy can't get a read yeah oh dude it was it was kind of funny to hear that like but no it was it was a great time and he's a pretty good player i've played with tony roma he he can he is good he can hit the golf ball yeah He's. I heard he's slower than crap, but he's. he's yeah, I a good heard player. that. It wasn't when I played with him, but I have heard he's pretty slow. Yeah, so we'll see. He's playing a USJ event next year, so That's we'll right. see how that goes. Sure, I'm sure TV cameras will be all over that. Well, thanks again for joining us. That'll do it for today's show. There will be a link for today's show at 8gradies.com. We'll be here again next Saturday, 10 to 11 a.m. for the 8 Gradies Golf Show. I'm Jerome Espinosa alongside David Muddit. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next Saturday. Thank you for listening to the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza. Come back Saturday mornings at 10 for the latest stories and analysis from around the world of golf on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.